Hello and welcome to this Head Talks podcast. The Labour MP Jess Phillips says that she often wakes up anxious about the day ahead. Some of her anxieties are all too real as she's often the target of vicious online abuse and has experienced the effects of terrorist attacks. But as Jess says, having gone through eating disorders and periods of anxiety when she was younger, she is prone to catastrophizing, worrying about even minor things beyond reason. In order to cope, Jess says she has to find the rational space in her brain and crowd out the irrational fears. Being with the people she loves is her favourite coping mechanism. Jess would also like to see tighter controls on the internet so children and others don't experience the worst of it. I didn't wake up with a gasp this morning uh, quite often in my life. I, I, I literally physically gasp as I wake up in the morning like, <gasps> like because I, I don't know, I'm anxious about how the day will go or what, what's going to happen or if something's happened while I've been asleep. Donald Trump, because he's up when I'm asleep, I often worry what I'm going to see the second I wake up in the morning. Um, but at the moment, the sun is shining and that definitely makes me feel better. So um, I suffered from anorexia when I was at university. Um, and uh, I'd say again, in my 20s, I struggled with early 20s, very early. Uh, I struggled with substance misuse and um, other issues. And latterly, in my late 20s and uh, 30s, I still suffer um, with anxiety. Uh, Anxiety that has made me um, incredibly irrational. So um, fear of um, like really wild um, bad things. So I will catastrophize very badly. I will assume that if my children are 20 minutes home late that they're dead. Um, And that has uh, presented itself to me uh, in my life around two or three times where on one occasion my husband had gone out to the supermarket and said he was popping out to get some dinner, but decided when he was there to do a big shop, because he's a good husband. Uh, But because I was expecting him back, I assumed something terrible had happened to him, so I literally went looking, I didn't know which supermarket he'd gone to, went round looking as if he died to loads of supermarkets and asked my friends to do the same. And of course he just came back half an hour later. Um, I definitely think that I um, have suffered PTSD from being part of uh, a number of terrorist attacks, which I understand is an extreme situation to have faced. And so when I'm not in control, I can, ass- I can assume that loud noises, for example, are the sound of somebody crashing into... Because I was in Parliament when... And I heard the crash of the car that crashed into the wall. Um... And how do I cope with that? I, um, it tends to be that I have to take some time and relax and take a break. And, but I, I, medication is one of the ways that I cope with it. I'm not sure I have particularly good coping strategies, just cracking on usually. Um, but I, I, I struggle with uh, sleeplessness as well. And actually, I do have uh, coping mechanisms for some of that. So uh, there are things that I can do, like reading a book, but I have to read very, very, very mild literature. Like, I basically read like things, books about women in their 30s. That, uh, so it's, there's, there's n- no sort of like really bad thing that's going to happen in it. It's like boy meets girl, because then I can relax, and that will put me back to sleep. So when you're at a low ebb... 
that definitely adds to your ability to catastrophize. Because if you think, oh, everybody hates me and somebody's going to try and kill me, when you look online and in reality there are loads of people saying that they hate you and want to kill you, it, it is a, unfortunately will feed um, that irrationality. Even though I know, when I can step back from it, I know that it is irrational to think that um, somebody... Uh, that, that, that there is a credible threat to me by most of the things that are said to me online. It is unlikely that all the people who've said in the past that they're going to rape me are going to rape me. I know that as a, when I'm rational, but when I'm not, it, is, it will definitely feed that. Um, but most of the time I can cope with it. The, you know, what I'm describing, talking about my mental health, are pockets of days uh, at the most um, weeks of... of Crisis, I suppose, is how it now gets described. But mostly I can cope with it all and I can cope with online hate because I can find the rational space in my brain. It's when there's so much going on because of other things, the kids' school, what's going on at work, the bills. If it gets too full up, the irrational bit of me can't take over my brain. Um, and so I just have to try and have coping... The best coping mechanism, actually, that I think that I have uh, for sort of online hate and um, the sort of abuse that I suffer is I just go and spend time with people who love me and I love. And it's amazing what an evening was, you know, my sort of seven, eight best girlfriends. It is amazing what that will do for you. Or just sitting down, all of us on one sofa with my husband and my kids... And just think it doesn't matter what else is in the world because we all just fit in this tiny space. Actually, all we need just fits in this tiny little space. And that will make me feel better. You can't, you can't ever be seen to be taking time off if you're an MP because you, even when we are taking time off, there is sort of a, having to fake hyperactivity because we're not really... It's not accepted, actually, by the public that we need periods of time out in a lot of cases. It's sort of like, well, what, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be out having fun, as if, like, at midnight on a Saturday night when I'm out with my girlfriends that I would be doing some good work in the community. I'm not sure what that would be. Um, so I think that there probably is a higher preponderance of uh, not, not, not severe and enduring mental illness, but ill mental health. Um, and there is a sort of collective um, anxiety, I think, at the moment, because we're all each having to live each day as it comes at the moment, not knowing what tomorrow will bring. And I think that that's very difficult for the nation, actually, and is having a collective um, reaction in the nation. But also, for those of us actually administering that, it is, it, is a, it is a constant. So lots of people say to me now, I just switch off from it. But well, I don't have that option. I, I, I do just think we need much better, not, not just citizenship, it's always called citizenship, but health and wellbeing education. That is like philosophy, actually, is what I... Uh, in France, it's compulsory to bear every child to do philosophy. Uh, but I, I do think the sort of exploration of ideas and identities and things needs to be done much, much better from a really, really, really early age, uh, both to protect people from, you know, their uh, harms, external harms, but also internal struggle. And I think that there needs to be much, much more of that. Um, and I think it's, 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 my gosh, it's a dramatic difference uh, what my children get taught about at school compared to when I was at school. You know, nobody talked about any of the sort of... Uh, and, and there were girls at my school that 
were self-harming. There were girls at uh, my school who were anorexic. There were girls at my school who were having teen pregnancies. And it was just sort of like, it, it wasn't school's issue. Um, and that, so there has been a dramatic change in public health and public health awareness. Uh, and I think we just have to keep on pushing for that. We also just need to, we need to regulate the internet in far, far, far greater. Uh, the head of Google saying if we put onerous regulations on it, Google will move out of the UK. And I'd just like to say, see you later. Um, because my children, they, they don't watch the, they don't go on the internet on their computers like we did in the chat rooms when the internet first existed. My children, they sit in front of the TV in my living room and they are on YouTube and they are on uh, Facebook and Twitter and, all, and, and a variety of other sites, TikTok, whatever that is, that I keep hearing about that. And if they switch over onto the telly, there is a regulator that says the things that they can and can't see and I have some recourse to complain about the things that they would see. And I, uh, the, I, as a politician, have the power to change some of the things that they can and can't see. The second they switch over onto the internet, all of that is gone away. Yet yeah, it's the same thing that they are looking at. So why does one get to be regulated and one doesn't? And I think there needs to be much greater regulation. Thanks for listening to this Head Talks podcast. We hope you found it helpful and interesting. You can find many more talks on our website at headtalks.com or listen to our podcasts on all the usual channels.